1: God is longing for in times of difficulty, especially when the human resources are are not adequate. He's looking for people to look to him, look to heaven. That's the situation here. And when human resources are inadequate, if you are a person of faith, then expect God to do the supernatural.
0: There's so much happening in the world today that's causing despair and worry. And despite the fact you know God is in control, trusting Him in the midst of it all can be a challenge. Today, Pastor Danny will encourage you to embrace God's Word and remember God's character in all the ways that He's shown Himself powerful. God longs for you to turn to Him with all of your anxiety and to trust Him. God challenges you to remember that all the worldly resources will never match all that God can and will provide. Now here's Pastor Danny in the Book of John, Chapter 6, as he begins his message, Lessons in the Details.
1: Grab your Bibles, go to John chapter 6. One of my favorite stories in the gospel accounts, verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. And then Jesus went up on a mountainside, sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. And when Jesus looked up and he saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, this is one of his disciples, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him because he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered, Eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will that go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down about 5,000 of them. Another gospel account tells us he divided them into groups. So that's a lot of groups, a lot of people. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and they filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Now, a couple of things that I want to get to right away just as kind of foundational. Number one, Jesus used this situation to test his disciples Philip is mentioned, but he's testing all of his disciples. He already had in mind what he was going to do. Um, James chapter 1 tells us that when we face trials of many kinds, that we're to rejoice because it's the testing of our faith, and that produces perseverance, perseverance, maturity, and character. God reminded the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 8 that, In the wilderness wanderings as God led them for 40 years, he caused them to hunger. He caused them to thirst. He uh, led them into very difficult situations in order to test them and teach them to have confidence in his word and to trust him for all their needs. So this is a test. The second thing uh, I want to lay out here is that in this story, human resources were, and I put it in my notes, extremely inadequate, not just inadequate, extremely inadequate to meet the need. You got a little boy, a lad, with five small barley loaves and two small fish, and there are 5,000 people, and another account tells us not including the women and children. There's a lot of people. Human resources, inadequate to meet the need. I appreciate what our government in America is looking to do to help people that are out of work. uh, And I'm thankful. Uh, I I don't need anything. My wife and I are blessed and, um, you know, but I know people that really do have need. And the $2 trillion package is wonderful, but as we've already heard and seen. It's not enough. Not going to do it. I put in my notes, as we get closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ, dependency on human resources will prove less and less adequate to meet people's needs. As we get closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ, uh, you think it's bad now in terms of what we're dealing with, the coronavirus. The Bible predicts that it's going to get Really, really bad. And there there won't be any human government uh, that will be able to meet people's needs. And and what God is longing for in times of difficulty, especially when the human resources are, are not adequate, he's looking for people to look to him, look to heaven. That's the situation here. And when human resources are inadequate, if you are a person of faith, then expect God to do the supernatural, supernatural. So Jesus used the situation to test his disciples. Human resources here were extremely inadequate to meet the need. And then the third thing I want to throw out here is the catalyst. The agent that God uses here, it's a seemingly insignificant lad with a seemingly insignificant offering. We don't even know the dude's name. And yet he was willing to offer the little he had. And he gives it to Jesus and the rest is history. Miracle. God loves using seemingly insignificant people to do incredible things. Now, we're going to really get into this story here. But uh, on this last point, God loving to do amazing things with seemingly insignificant people. Turn with me for just a minute back to the Old Testament. 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter... 17. The situation here in 1 Kings chapter 17 is a famine. And the kind of famine where it doesn't rain for three and a half years and people are destitute. The people of God, even people of faith, are struggling. The prophet Elijah uh, is fed by ravens. They bring him food every morning, and he's by this brook, and he's drinking from the brook. And so God is providentially providing for his prophet. But then it says that the brook dries up because the famine continues and it gets it gets worse. And so, first Kings chapter 17, verse 7 sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah. Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I've commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there and she's gathering sticks. He called to her and he said, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat and die. She's saying we're going to have our last meal. This is it. You talk about destitute. You talk about need. And Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. That's important. Don't be afraid. Go home. And do as you have said, but first, first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. On the surface, that sounds selfish, but this is the word of God through the man of God to this widow in a very desperate situation. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. So she went away. And she did as Elijah had told her. That's faith. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord. Spoken by Elijah. Wow. God provides for the man of God through this seemingly insignificant widow who is in a desperate situation. Back to John. Chapter 6. Amazing miracle. This happens not only once but twice in Jesus' earthly ministry. Twice, once in Jewish territory, another time in Gentile territory, and both times he multiplies just a small amount of food. And he feeds thousands and thousands of people. Boy, there's some great things you learn from this. But the challenge now, the challenge is not just to learn it and write it down, but, but then, then once we've considered these things To do them. Listen, do I have to remind us? This is not a fairy tale. This is not a fantasy. This story really happened. Thousands of people ate, were satisfied, and had leftovers from five small barley loaves. And two small fish. Now I call this part of the message. Lessons in the details. Lessons from this story in John chapter 6. Lessons in the details. So let's, let's really. Pick it apart. First thing we learn. Offer what you have. To the Lord. It's easy to forget that. No matter how little it is. Offer it to the Lord. Verse you can write down, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 12. Let me just read it for us. If the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Now, I thought about this, and and I want to help you as much as I can, because you might be going, what does it mean for me to offer what I have to the Lord? That I just take it and hold it up to heaven, perhaps. But there's some other practical things that the Scripture makes clear of how we offer even the little we have to the Lord. There is offering the first fruits. The Bible calls it. I believe in the first fruits, and the first fruits, according to. Uh, scripture is the tithe it 's ten percent of all that God gives us, and I believe we give to the Lord through the local church it 's not a message on tithing, however um, that 's one of the things we should do proverbs three nine offer uh, the Lord the first fruits the first fruits, honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your Increase. So to the Lord through the church, but it's also sometimes a special offering. Uh, several verses uh, that mention this, but Romans chapter 15, verse 26, the apostle Paul mentions um, offerings that he went around to different churches and he accepted these offerings from them for the poor saints in Jerusalem. There was a famine that hit during Paul's days of ministry back in Israel. And people were suffering. People were in need. They didn't have enough to eat. And so Paul would go and he would accept offerings from the churches to help the poor saints in Jerusalem. So sometimes a special offering to help people in need. And sometimes it's what I would call good Samaritan giving. Based on the parable Jesus told in Luke chapter 10 where a Samaritan guy, he was on his way, on the road, and he finds this guy that's robbed, beaten, in need, and this Samaritan not only helps him, uh, he provides materially for him, takes him to the local Holiday Inn, uh, tells the innkeeper, uh, you know, I got to go, but I'll come back, and if, if this is not enough to take care of his need, I'll pay you when I get back. And just on the road of life... He had somebody that had a need, and he took the time, and he took what resources he had to meet his need. So, giving to the Lord through the church. Uh, we couldn't operate as a church. A lot of churches right now, because of what's ha- happening in our world, uh, they're suffering. God's blessed us. We have resources, to, I think, to uh, to see us through this thing. I don't know how long it's going to go, but... We're doing okay right now, but I wouldn't tell you, stop honoring the Lord by giving to the Lord through the church. Don't stop doing that. However, we felt led as a leadership team, and I said it the other day on another video, and I'll say it again. uh, Today, if right now, right now, there's somebody in your life, in your path, starting with the church, but it could be outside the church. It doesn't have to be in the church, but... Uh, Galatians tells us we're to do good to all men, especially those who are of the family of believers. So right now, right now, if there's someone in your life uh, that is on your path and they have a need, they've lost their job, they can't pay their rent, whatever it is, they don't have money to buy groceries, then we're saying as a Calvary Chapel Fellowship leadership team, if Calvary Chapel Fellowship is your church, for right now, for right now, just this maybe couple of weeks instead of giving to the Lord through the church, offer to the Lord by helping somebody in need. And that's one of our ways as a church, by faith, saying, we want to reach out. We want to offer what we can. So offer the Lord what you have. Now, Note with me Matthew chapter 25, and I'm not going to take the time to go through uh, all the verses here, but Jesus in chapter 25 of Matthew tells three parables that are parables to help us prepare and be ready to see him and stand before him at his coming. The first is about 10 virgins, and the key is to have sufficient oil, the oil of the Holy Spirit. Make sure you're born again. The second parable is of the The talents and what you do with the talents um, and monetary things that God gives us. The third parable is about the sheep and the goats. And that in the end, when Jesus separates the saved from the lost, the sheep from the goats, the differing thing in the parable is what they did or didn't do in terms of helping people. The righteous will answer. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. What you did, you offered that to me, and then those who are not saved, the goats, those who are lost, they will say, "When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger and eating clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you?" And he'll reply, "I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me." Some people wrongly think Christianity is a bunch of don't do's. No, 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 no. Christianity is a bunch of do's. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So look, offer what you have to the Lord. Yeah, to the Lord through the church. For right now, Calvary Chapel Fellowship, if there's somebody in your life you can help out, go back to making this a priority. But make a priority now, people that are in need, and offer what you have to the Lord by reaching out and helping somebody. Lessons in the details. Offer what you have to the Lord. Second, give sacrificially. That's what the lad in the story in John chapter 6 did. In these offerings that the Apostle Paul... Was taking up for the poor saints in Jerusalem because of the difficult times that they faced. He goes to the churches of Macedonia, but he doesn't ask them for an offering for these poor saints. Why? Because they're poor themselves. Well, they get word of it that Paul's not going to ask them, and they come to Paul and say, How come you're leaving us out? Let me read you the story, the record. Second Corinthians 8, verse 1. Now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. I testify, they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they didn't do as we expected but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. The lad in John 6 gave sacrificially. The Macedonian churches gave sacrificially to help people in need. The widow of Zarephath gave sacrificially by faith. Gave sacrificially. And then from the story, The miraculous feeding in John chapter 6, offer what you have to the Lord, give sacrificially. Number three, act as if the need has already been met. (laughs) Don't you love this in the story? Before anything is multiplied, before any miracle takes place, everybody's divided up and thousands of people across this hillside or wherever they were, all all of a sudden they're sitting down like they're going to have a meal. They acted as if the need were already met. They sat down for a picnic. And as I thought about this and meditated on it, there was no anxiousness. There was nobody trying to get by and steal the little bit of fish and the barley loaves. There was no pandemonium.
0: Thanks for joining Pastor Danny today to study the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament. These books are the story of Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Savior of the world. He came to save each person from sin. He offered himself as a sacrifice, taking the punishment your sins deserve. Today, you can have a new life because of Jesus. Are you ready to make that decision and give him your sins and accept his grace? If so, we're so happy for you, and we'd love to talk to you more about it please let us know by emailing us at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. We also want to encourage you to find a church home. Right now, we know that that's difficult, but we'd like to invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship for our online services. At ccfstpete.church, we live stream every Saturday at 6 p.m., Sunday morning at 9 and 11, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Join Pastor Danny to learn more from the Bible and to spend time with us worshiping our Savior. You can also explore more teachings from this series and others at our website. One more time, that's ccfstpete.church. That's all the time we have for today. Know that we're praying for you. And we hope you'll join us again next time to continue studying the Gospels right here on The Living Word.